This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Joyce Meyer Ministries. Come on, think with me this morning. You're not going to be here forever. Use the time you have now to get ready for your real life. Your real life starts the day you leave this earth, get out of this body, and get right into the presence of God. Now, life here is great. I'm enjoying my life. But we act sometimes like this is all we've got. Do we believe in eternity or not? Do we really believe that God is preparing a home for us, a mansion? Woo! I'm excited about mine. I don't know about you. Ephesians 4.14, Paul says, So then we may no longer be children tossed like ships to and fro between chance gusts of teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine. I get so tired of watching people, immature people, baby Christians, chase after every new little doctrinal thing that comes up and down the road. God told me a long time ago, you keep your nose to the grindstone, you do what I've called you to do, and you'll be around a long time after a lot of other people have bit the dust and gone by the wayside. The only thing that's going to last and endure forever is this right here. Amen? You know, I can't resist telling this a little bit, and I don't think Charles will mind. You won't mind if I tell a little story about you, will you? Charles Neiman, a wonderful pastor from El Paso, and uh, good friends of Pastor Tommy, and I'm sure he's probably preached at the church here. Um, his beautiful, lovely wife died with cancer two or three years ago, and he said some things that really, really touched my heart. He said, when she died, now I want you to listen to this, when she died, and they had believed and prayed and all the things that we do, and it didn't happen the way they wanted it to happen. She was a lovely lady who could make any sense out of that. Her first grandchild was about to be born. And you know, we, we, can, we can get in an attitude, well, after all the years we've served God, and this is what we get. Boy, you got to avoid that kind of stuff. Don't even, I mean, if you start to go there, run from it like the plague. Let me tell you something. Getting mad at God is ridiculous. He's all we've got. I mean, what do we have if we're going to be mad at God? And he said the first thing that he said to God, and I want you to get this. He said the first thing he said to God when, he, when his wife passed away was, God, please help me do this right. In other words, help me represent you well in this terrible, tragic thing that has happened. Can I tell you something? We're not worth our salt if the only time we can be happy is when we're getting everything our way. Amen. And I love that. I, you know, to me, there's depth in that statement. It was more important to him to represent God right than it even was to get his own way. Well, you're a little quiet, but that's okay. <laughs> Don't be a shallow Christian. Let's have depth. We need depth. You know, years ago, there used to be a movement called the Deeper Life Movement. And they sold books on crucifying the flesh, and dying to self. And one of the most moving books that I ever read was by Watchman Nee called Dying to Self. 
I would love to write a big book called Dying to Self. I probably wouldn't sell too many of them, but you know, I've written 120 books and most of them have been, you know, somewhat successful. Some of them have been real successful because we're still learning, learning what is really important. Representing God well is more important than me or you getting our way. Amen? It's more important than us getting our way. You know why? We got a long time to live in the presence of God. <laughs> and I don't want my behavior now to offend him. Yes, you can offend God. The Bible says, do not offend, grieve, or sadden the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed. Doers of the word are like people who dig down deep and build their house on a rock. You know, it's hard to keep doing the right thing when the right thing is not yet happening to you. It's hard to keep giving when you still have all kinds of financial needs. It's hard to keep praying for other people who are sick when you're seeing other people get healed and you're still sick yourself. It's hard sometimes for me to get up here and preach a happy message to you when I feel like I'm just falling apart inside because of something that's going on in my own life. It's hard. We all go through things that are hard. But the good news is, is we go through. And you got to go through to get through. <laughs> Amen? God didn't invite us to get translated. He invited us to be transformed. There's a difference. Elijah got translated, but I haven't had that yet. We got to be transformed. How many of you, God is doing something in your life that is not super, super feel good, pleasant? Well, isn't that amazing? We must all need this then, huh? But see, I want to do it right. I want to be like Pastor Charles. The minute that something happens, my, I want my first prayer to be, God, help me do this right. Help me do this right. Rather, I'm on a plane that gets diverted and I'm going to have to spend 16 hours getting to Phoenix. My first prayer should not be, well, God, get me on the first flight out of here so I'm not late and I'm not inconvenienced. My first prayer should be, God, help me do this right. Amen. That would make a good book. Help me do this right. God, help me do this right. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying? See, there's depth in that. There's some depth in that. God, help me do this right. Help me represent you. We're better off to not spend so much excessive time trying to figure out the why of everything. Why, God, why? When, God, when? All right, Luke chapter 5. You know, we have those times in our life those pivotal, pivotal spiritual moments that are some of the things that we talk about being life-changing. When I was filled with the Spirit in 1976, it was life-changing for me. Several years after that, God taught me through a series of things that I was spending too much time seeking him for what he could do for me instead of just seeking him because of who he was. And I got a very definite word from God, seek my face and not my hand. 
And that was so life-changing to me to really realize the amazing beauty of just being in the presence of God and knowing that he's with me all the time. And through that, I started learning this message of not just being happy when God did something for me, but just being happy and joyful about him. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And um, one day, Dave and I went to a bookstore and I got some books and he got some books and nosy me, I got in his bag of books as soon as we got in the car, <laughs> see what he had. And the first one that I pulled out was a book by a woman named Madame Guyon called Experiencing the Depths of Jesus Christ. Well, it was certainly way over my head, but it looked inviting. And so I asked Dave if I could read it first. And he said, yeah, because he had a bunch of books. And so I didn't realize that God was about to take me deeper, deeper. You see, you really got to go deeper before you can have anything better. And we're always wanting God to give us some, something that in effect, we're really not spiritually ready to handle. And if God did give us what we wanted, it could actually be our undoing. Case in point, I prayed and prayed and prayed for my ministry to grow. I had a big vision from the day God called me. And when I was teaching a Bible study of 20 people, I saw things like what I'm doing now. Well, if God would have given me that too fast, you know, there's nothing that destroys a person's life rather than too much success too fast when they're too young and not spiritually mature enough to handle it properly. The worst thing in the world that we can do is put people in a position of leadership just because they're talented. There's a difference in being talented and being anointed. Amen. And we need to be smart enough to start looking for the anointing, not just clap and cheer for every talent that goes up and down the street. Amen. Get smart enough to realize, I don't care how good you look or sound, I don't sense any anointing. And I want the anointing. I love the worship last night because the anointing kind of parted the way for me. That's what happens if you're in really good worship. It kind of just like parts the way for the minister to get up and just go for it, you know? It makes it so easy for me when I have good anointed worship. But I've had a lot of people that could sing great, and I didn't feel that freedom when I got up. And so we need deeper life, because if you just think about a big tree that's got loads of fruit, it may look great, but do you know if that tree does not have deep roots, the heavy fruit can actually make it fall over. Are you with me? And so God loves us too much to let that happen to us. So sometimes he withholds or puts off giving us the things that we're pleading for because he has a different purpose for us than we have for ourselves. And he wants us to get more deeply rooted in him and not be shallow. So I didn't have any idea what I was in for when I pulled that book out of that bag, but nor did I have any clue what a deeper life was. But as God does things, a couple days later, I was reading the Bible and I came across Luke chapter five, started reading. It says this, now it occurred 
In verse 1, now it occurred that while the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the message of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two boats drawn up by the lake, but the fishermen had gone down from them and were washing their nets. And getting into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon Peter, he requested him to draw away a little bit from the shore. Then he sat down and continued to teach the crowd of people from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Peter, I get this, put out into the deep and lower your nets for a haul. <laughs> and Simon Peter answered, Master, we toiled all night exhaustingly and we caught nothing in our nets. Now watch, but on the ground of your word, we will lower the nets again. Now, that's the, that's the deeper life. When, you, when God tells you to do something, you can say, I don't want to. I don't feel like it. And frankly, I don't even think it's going to work. <laughs> I mean, that's really what Peter was saying. Look, we've been fishing all night. There's no fish out there to catch. I'm tired. I want to go home and go to bed. I'm exhausted. Nevertheless, doesn't matter how I feel, doesn't matter what I think, doesn't matter what I want, come on now, it doesn't matter what I think, it doesn't matter what I feel, doesn't matter what I want, because you said to do it, Lord, I'm going to do it. Come on, if you're going to clap, don't patty cake. Now, some of you are in situations right now where you're trying to make decisions about whether you should stay or go or do this or do that, run away or stand still. You know, it's not going to do you any good to run from God. He'll find you wherever you go. And you're still going to have to come back right to the place you ran from and deal with it. And by the way, everybody in the Bible who ran from God ended up in the wilderness. So save yourself some time. <laughs> That's another whole big teaching. Come on out into the deep. The deep. And get ready for a haul. Now watch what happened. Verse 6. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And as their nets were at the point of breaking, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and take hold with them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they all began to sink. So here, I mean, just, just use your imagination. Peter's been fishing all night. He didn't catch anything. Maybe you feel like that. Maybe you've been fishing all your life and you feel like you haven't caught anything. <laughs> now, you know, if, probably if you're not saved or don't have any measure of the Holy Spirit in your life yet, you're just thinking, what in the world is this nutty woman talking about? <laughs> but you, God's going to help you get this. And so, they fished all night, didn't catch anything. Jesus comes along and says, well, here's the problem. You're not fishing in deep enough water. <laughs> in other words, he's saying, you're shallow. Everything is how you feel, what you want. How do people make you feel? <laughs> well, you, you hurt my feelings. <laughs> Okay, can I just throw this out to say I said it? <laughs> Let, let's just grow up a little bit, and instead of saying, you hurt my feelings, let's say, I got my feelings hurt, 
and I need to make a change. Instead of it always being you, how about if we let it be my responsibility? Peter said, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go back out there. I don't feel like doing that. But I will because you said so. See, that's the final word. What does God say? And whatever he says is the way that it's got to be. So then when they went back out, he, now, I want you not to miss this. He caught so many fish that he had to call all of his other fishing partners. How can we help other people if we have no depth of relationship with God? And so when you get a deeper life with God, then God can let you get involved with lots of other people because you're going to be in a position where you can actually really help them instead of hurting them. One of the most powerful things that God ever said to me when I was praying to be able to help a lot more people, and I want you to listen to this, because some of you have big visions. You're not all, you don't all have a vision for ministry. You're just trying to get your closet cleaned out, and that's cool too. You know? <laughs> Start small and work your way up. But some of you really want to do some major things for God. And uh, he said, I want you to always remember this. However many people you can help, that's exactly also how many you can hurt. <laughs> it's a big responsibility to be up here. It's a big responsibility for you to put a bumper sticker on your car and go to work advertising that you're a Christian. <laughs> We've got to have fruit. We've got to have depth. So we're not out there just going to church on Sunday and acting like everybody else the rest of the week. I went through times in my life where I just thought, what in the world is happening to me? God, I know that you can change this. Why won't you change it? <laughs> I, I would see him doing it for other people. It's like, really? One day when I was driving, I still remember exactly where I was at in the car. And I was, God, I don't understand. And God spoke to my heart and he said, I'm teaching you that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, he wasn't talking about a loaf of bread. He was talking about stuff, you know. What, you're, what you want, Joyce, you want your ministry to grow. You want, it's all outward stuff. First, before you get that, you need to want the inward stuff. God, grant me the fruit of the Spirit. Strengthen me in my inner man. Help me be stable in trials and tribulations. Help me walk in love. Let me be a greater giver. <laughs> Those are the kind of things we need to be praying for. And then when we seek God first, all the rest of it comes as a natural result. Seek first the kingdom and all these other things will be added unto you. Joyce answers your question of the day soon, so stay with us. Let's be very real. That's what we do here on Enjoying Everyday Life, right? Life is not always easy. But when we know in our heart, deep down in our heart, that God is good, 
then we're able to trust him even when we face trouble. And you say, well, how can you have trouble and know that God is good? It's because God is bigger than the troubles in our life. And he can even take those hardships and bring something good out of it. So we don't want to get caught up in the trap of focusing on those problems only or comparing your situation to somebody else's. If you don't compare, you will have so much greater peace. We want to help you get through some of these hard times in your life. And Joyce wrote a book called Living Beyond Your Feelings. It's insights on how to control overwhelming emotions, learning how to handle your reactions to some of your strong feelings. And it's really very helpful because it digs into what God's word says about emotions and how we don't have to be trapped in those. It's so helpful and it is yours today for a gift to the ministry of any amount. Now, when you're giving, you're not only getting this book, but you are helping to share the word of God with millions and billions of people all across the world. And you are also helping with all of the outreaches and all of those practical ways that we live the example of Christ for people all around the world. So pick that up today. Do your very best. But we want to make sure that we get it into your hands. And remember to allow God to help you control your feelings today. If you do, your day will be better. And we're praying for a really, really good one for you today. Do your emotions control you? I can't control what everybody out there does and neither can you. But God has given us a spirit of discipline and self-control so we can control ourselves with God's help if we really want to. It's time to take control of your emotions and improve your well-being with Joyce's book, Living Beyond Your Feelings. With insight on controlling overwhelming emotions, you'll learn how to handle your reaction to every feeling. This resource is available today for your gift of any amount. Visit us at JoyceMeyer.org or call us today toll-free, 1-800-727-9673. Experience God in a whole new way at the Joyce Meyer Conference. Three unique sessions with heartfelt worship and practical teaching to help you relax, refresh, and recharge your life. Coming to Phoenix, Arizona, February 14th and 15th with Worship by Dream City Worship. In Austin, Texas, March 27th and 28th with Worship by Matt Redman. For more information, visit JoyceMeyer.org or call 1-866-C-JOYCE. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough Every single lie that tells me I will never measure
This is a question, Joyce, that I, I know you'll have a great answer for, and uh, many people have felt this way at one time or another. Why do I think when bad things happen to me, even something as simple as stubbing my toe, <laughs> that God is punishing me or warning me that I'm doing something wrong? Well, first of all, thoughts like that come straight from the devil. They're not from God. Hmm. So why do you think that? I mean, the enemy is going to put all kinds of thoughts in our head if we're willing to think them. He can destroy our whole life with wrong thinking. And so, um, now sometimes he has an inroad with those kinds of lies because of things that have happened to us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe she had a parent that, you know, she got in trouble a lot right. and they punished her every time she did something wrong. And a lot of times, too, people just don't know God. That, you know, as a matter of fact, I know somebody who has a problem with this very thing. Doesn't anymore because thankfully she has been healed from it. Yeah. Uh, but she had a problem with it for a long, long time. And she would tell you right now, she doesn't even really know why she was that way. She said, I just had a misconception about God. I just didn't. I just thought that, you know. Now, she does have tendencies toward being a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes people who are like that right. feel extra guilty and bad about everything that they do that's not perfect. But the whole point is, I think, instead of trying to figure out why you think something or why you feel something, is just to start not living so much by what you think and feel, but more by what the Word of God says. When we need help, we can ask God for wisdom, and He'll give it to us without reproach or fault-finding. I love that in the Amplified Bible. So that means that he doesn't say, well, sure, you're in trouble. Look at the dumb stuff you did. <laughs> or, well, well, I'll help you, but I want you to remember what you did to get yourself right. into this mess. Or even, I can't believe you're asking yeah. that. You should know better. So he never yeah. does that. Yeah. I mean, that is not the nature of God. And I think that it is a big mistake to think that God is like any person on this earth because he's not. He's of a whole different category of characteristics than many of the things that we have experienced. And mm -hmm. so knowing God, really knowing him. I love what the Apostle Paul said. And I mean, here's a guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and yet it's recorded in Philippians. My determined purpose is to know him and the power mm -hmm. of his resurrection. So we need to continue knowing God and his character and the bottom line is, I was thinking about this this morning when I was out doing my walk. You know, God is just good. And so we, we should expect good from him. You know, that doesn't mean that he's not going to chastise us or that he's not going to deal with us about stuff. But he doesn't do that by making bad things happen to us. Right. He, he has other ways of, of dealing with us. And so just... Realize the devil's lying to you and start renewing your mind with the Word of God. You know, get enough Scripture in you that when you hear one of those lies or you, you sense you're starting to feel that way again, that you can actually quote Scripture out loud out of your own mouth and that'll run the enemy off. <laughs> Good. Very helpful. Really two things there. It's changing the way that she thinks and realizing who God is. Right. That God's not out there looking for little ways to punish us to keep exactly. us in line all the time. That's right.
when people are married, I mean, if they can enjoy each other and allow each other to be themselves, you know, not, not try and make them something that they don't need to be or, or you want them to be, but allow them to be themselves. Dave and I both have a lot we of freedom that. in our yeah, relationship. You know, he, yeah. I'm, I'm not a sports person. He goes to a lot of sporting events. He plays a lot of golf. You know, he lets me do the things that that I enjoy. You know, sometimes I want to go off somewhere for a week or two by myself just to study and pray and just, you know, sometimes just to be by myself because I am around a lot of people all the time and he's fine with that. He's not the least bit yeah. insecure. We hope you have enjoyed today's program. Please contact us or visit JoyceMeyer.org to share your prayer requests, see the conference schedule, or partner with us in sharing Christ and loving people all across the globe. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Joyce Meyer Ministries.